，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。The Dashi Dashi Festival is held annually in Taoyuan to celebrate the birthday of a prominent folk religion deity. It's always been a major event, but in recent years, organizers have noticed that most of the participants are not exactly young. Amid concerns that the festival is losing its appeal, organizers began looking for ways to modernize the event by cooperating with young designers. The festival now features electronic music, colorful imagery, and futuristic robotic costumes, which seem to have kicked off a revival. But how does the festival balance tradition with innovation? Join us as we hear from the festival's performers, designers, and organizers on how creativity is bringing new life to Dashi Dashi. It's the start of the lunar calendar's sixth month, and as usual for this time of year, crowds are gathering at Puji Temple in Taoyuan's Dashi district. Temple officials are also here, paying their respects to folk deity Lord Guan. <laughs> 献修，献献修吧。The 24th day of the lunar calendar's sixth month is Dashi Dashi, a folk festival celebrating Lord Guan's birthday. The festival is the temple's biggest event of the year. For the people of Dashi District, the lively festival is like a second Lunar New Year. Lord Guan's birthday and the eve of that day, which this year fell on July 21st and 22nd, are the grand finale of the festival when Lord Guan goes on tour. However, Dashi Dashi is a 21-day affair, and revelers celebrate throughout the full three weeks. Under the skillful command of temple performers, auspicious dragons and lions dance about. Throughout the day, 31 local temple performance troops fill Dashi Old Street, commanding a captivating sight. At night, the festival continues back at the temple with a vibrant light show and electronic music party. Traditional folk music is adapted to modern styles, inviting revelers, both young and old, to throw up their hands and give in to the atmosphere. Two dancers clad in robotic deity costumes step out from the shadows, and the crowd goes wild. Representing the deity generals Zhou Tang and Guan Ping, the dancers' costumes emit light from their breastplates and upper backs as they dance in unison before the crowd. This modernized festival, which has proved popular with younger crowds, is the result of nearly five years of development. Puji Temple began working with costume and exhibit designers in 2019 to come up with the new performances for the festival. This year, the organizers introduced a festival theme song and are holding concurrent exhibitions near the temple. Dashi Dashi has a history spanning over 100 years, and this year may be Lord Guan's most fashionable birthday to date. 
but will the district's elderly be able to accept the changes? Designers struggle with how to strike a balance between tradition and innovation. Nestled in the industrial area of Taipei Shiling District is the studio of designer Li Yusheng, one of the architects of the modern-day Dashi Dashi Festival. Stepping into the studio, one's attention is immediately drawn to the two robotic deity costumes from the festival. These two divine generals greet people as they come in. They are the all-seeing god and the all-hearing god. They are like two glowing giants in the night. For people who don these costumes, they also light the way. I think it's a way of using modern technology to manifest divine power, I guess by relying on light and sound. From the robotic divine generals to the depictions of Taiwanese animal deities that debuted at this year's Dashi Dashi and even the festival banner, all of these creations are the works of Lee. Lord Guan is Puji Temple's main deity, and at the very top, everyone can see the five tiger generals. These traditional folk beliefs and traditional temple festivals, people are most worried that these things will be lost to time, just like what we saw with the ban on incense at temples. So there are young people bringing new takes and innovations to these traditions, like what we are seeing at Dashi Dashi, and this has been well received. Reform is not without struggle. Innovation must contend with strong traditions, and change can only take place through compromise. This year, organizers invited Xinzhu City's protective deity, Chen Huangye, as a special guest at Dashi Dashi. In traditional fashion, the Xinzhu City God Temple's administrators wanted to have auspicious notices pasted up along Dashi streets to announce Chen Huangye's procession route. To their surprise, the request was met with reservations from some festival organizers. When it comes to the elderly, you are dealing with a background of a hundred years. In that hundred years are many hundreds of years of stories. With religious matters, they may feel that you don't understand them. You have to do lots of homework, and you have to tell them, I may not fully understand you, but I will try my best. You can teach me. Puji Temple administrators and performers agreed to the Shindu Temple's request, deciding it could inject a new element into the celebration. But how much could Dashi Dashi be reformed? And what should the bottom line be? Only trial and error would tell. Some committee members were concerned that, on the folding card used to hold the festival's commemorative talisman, only the words Dashi Dashi were written. The words Puji Temple were absent. The committee members argued that the talismans are meant to be taken to the temple to be blessed, and then taken home to provide protection. So the committee members took issue with only including the words Dashi Dashi on the card. In the beginning, he even said he didn't want to use the card. 
He said, this is no good. I'm not paying for this. So I made a very elegant sticker to put on the cards, which had Puji Temple, written in both Chinese and English. Disputes are inevitable in the process of performing dashi dashi, but communication and reconciliation are part of that process too. And the hard work of these innovative youth has not gone unnoticed by Puji Temple. Even when people complain to them, they don't snap. They're very dedicated. When the performers come to them with requirements, they accommodate everyone. They rarely say no. They are really quite hardworking. For example, when we are filming advertisements or hosting activities where our deity shows up, they will be there working very hard. I've seen it. So whenever some small problem comes up, we just take our time and resolve it. Through respect for tradition and trust in innovation, the Dashi Dashi Festival evolves and improves. Watching the troupe perform, one can learn about the divine generals. If that's not enough, visitors can also watch the monitors and follow the movements of troop captain Zhang Shu Wu. About 10 years ago, I realized something. Those carrying around the sedan chair on pilgrimages are all in their 40s and 50s or older. There's nobody younger than that. It made me think, what can we do to ensure the preservation of this culture? Hoping to pass on the temple's traditions to future generations, Zhang took on the task of training performers for Dashi Dashi and established a course to train performers outside of the festival period. Zhang also wrote his own book to outline the steps of the performance. In the past, all this was passed on orally. What I worry about now is when I'm teaching this stuff, what if the students forget some small detail? Then when they teach someone, that person forgets a detail and so on. So our thinking is, we need to take the visual aspects of this performance and transform them into words for preservation, turning the performance into a script. I hope that who I teach is fellow teachers and not just performers. Through those who pass on the temple traditions, festivals like Dashi Dashi can live on in new ways. Since we started holding this festival, my son would come home from school and he would go and participate in temple challenges with his classmates. When he passed the challenges, he would get talismans as gifts. He would be so happy and he'd show them off to me. As fathers, when we see our children so happy, of course that also makes us happy. This kind of festival is not just about going on pilgrimages and setting off a bunch of firecrackers. It's about creativity and cultural meaning. I think this transformation is something that was needed and it's been a success. And it's what the people of Dashi wanted to see. Dashi Dashi brings the people of the district together and unites them through the fervor and excitement of a shared tradition. Through innovation, it will continue to unite future generations.
Taste of Europe is a video series in which diplomats stationed in Taiwan cook dishes from their home countries. In a recent episode, the director of the Polish office Taipei teaches viewers how to make Polish dumplings. Let's take a look. Uh, to do Polish pierogi. Polish office Taipei director Cyril Kowalski and Slaw Amir Galetich, an assistant professor at National Central University, introduced the ingredients needed to make Polish dumplings. The ingredients include sauerkraut, dried mushrooms, onions, oil, spices and herbs, sugar, bay leaves, allspice, pepper, flour and hot water. In Poland, we make dough for dumplings. I mean, you make it, so you would like to show how, how we make it. Add uh, flour, flour here. Yeah. Yes. And warm water. First step is to make the dough by mixing flour and warm water. In some homes, uh, they prepare that dough with uh, eggs. With eggs. But my mother told me, uh, you, we are preparing only with uh, flour and, 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 and water. water, and it's fine. Spread it well. Mm -hmm. and make it thin, like maybe two, three millimeters. After that, spread the dough, then use a glass to create a mold for the dumplings and prepare the fillings by cutting the onions, mushrooms, and sauerkraut. The mushrooms are done, so we try to keep them as fine as possible mm -hmm. because it's better for the filling. The, the finer filling, material and filling is better to, to, to stick it later. It's my secret. I always use butter. Then fry the fillings till they're brown. After that, add a bit of salt and pepper. You, you add a little more of pepper, a little more of salt, because later all the flavor goes to the dough and also go, goes out to the to water when you cook it or fry it. In most of the Polish houses during the Christmas Eve supper, mm -hmm. uh, dumplings, with dumplings with the uh, sauerkraut and, and, and mushrooms are one of the principal dishes. So sticky. Yeah, so add the fillings into the dough. After that, add sour cream and pork onto the dumplings, and the dish is ready to be served. Representatives from 15 EU member states teach viewers how to make authentic European dishes from their home countries. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. Well, Taiwan is now in the clear as Typhoon Hinemnor pulled away from the island. The Central Weather Bureau says the remaining precipitation will taper off Monday and that temperatures will rise, reaching as high as 34 degrees in some parts. Come Tuesday, temperatures will dip a little with the arrival of northeasterlies. Localized bursts of heavy rain may occur in the afternoons. As for the weather over the mid-autumn festival long weekend, a CWB forecaster had this to say. From Thursday to Sunday, Jilung, the north coast and eastern half of the island, could see some localized rainfall owing to some weak northeasterly winds. There could also be some afternoon thunderstorms in the central and southern regions. Although the weather over the mid-autumn festival long weekend is expected to be fair, there are still some variables. The CWB says that a low-pressure system will form sometime between Friday and next Sunday east of the Ryukyu Islands and that there is a chance that it could develop into a tropical depression or storm. It remains to be seen if this will have an impact on Taiwan. Would you know what to do in the event of a Chinese invasion? Kuma Academy wants to make sure that you do. 
The private organization, which is sponsored by semiconductor magnate Robert Tsao to the tune of 600 million Taiwan dollars, held its first basic training camp Sunday. The day-long course covered information warfare and modern warfare, along with basic rescue and evacuation procedures. One of the academy's co-founders, Puma Shen, said the training would, at the very least, prepare folks to not panic if war broke out. Kuma Academy, which is sponsored by former UMC chairman Robert Tsao, to the tune of 600 million NT, debuted its first course on Sunday morning. The basic training course is divided into four modules. Information warfare, a general introduction to modern warfare, wartime first aid and evacuation drills. Around 30 to 40 people took part. Most of them were in their 20s and 30s. Even though it was a basic course, the students said they really benefited from it. When COVID broke out, everyone was verifying whether something was fake news or part of information warfare. Teacher Puma had talked about these fundamental ideas on many occasions. After I heard about them, I wanted to gain a deeper understanding of them, so I took this course. Particularly, I felt the reports about fake news in Ukraine were quite important because the flow of fake news can go everywhere. I actually don't have too much understanding of this myself. I think I need to take more of their advanced courses. The basic training camp is mainly focused on not panicking and knowing how things might be if war breaks out or if a missile comes, so you won't be afraid. You need to know how to respond to information warfare and how to see through pre-war rumors. Once you've acquired the basic skills, you definitely won't be inclined to surrender because you're ready to give up, even when the army is still fighting on the front lines. Last but not least, I want to teach everyone what items and materials you need to have. Co-founder Puma Shen says he hopes to teach people to at least not panic when war breaks out and to prepare for survival. In addition to this basic course, Kuma Academy is already drawing up more advanced ones. For example, there are open intelligence collection courses, as well as courses related to information warfare campaigns, as well as more advanced first aid. There's also basic information about our two nations. For example, who are the most important current leading political figures in China and what they might say, and who are the ones that actually make decisions? and what decisions they might make. This is all related to fake news. As tensions cross the strait continue to grow, national defence is no longer considered just the job of the army. Civilians in their own ways are strengthening civil defence and making psychological preparations. So Taiwan won't let its guard down should China ever try something. Xiamen's Public Security Bureau has announced that drones and other light aircraft will not be allowed to take off without authorization between September 3rd and 12th. The announcement from the southeastern Chinese city comes after Taiwan's Jingmen Defense Command shot down a Chinese civilian drone in its airspace last week. A DPP legislator says the announcement shows that Beijing is trying to dial down cross-strait tensions. They're using an international conference as the reason for banning drone flights. First of all, this may be an attempt to de-escalate the recent conflict. 
Second, this shows that they are worried about being attacked. Shooting down drones sent by China is the correct move. On one hand, we want to tell China that we won't let them take a step inside our borders. On the other hand, we have to let both domestic and international communities know that we have the ability and determination to defend ourselves. Continued harassment from Chinese drones over Jingmen of late has forced the Taiwan military to respond with action. In a video released by the Army, an anti-drone rifle is shown being used alongside the T-91 assault rifle. The Army seems determined to prevent Beijing from taking advantage of ambiguous military situations created by drone incursions.